0: afternoon we're going to continue in our crossover amen but as we continue we got to remember as, as the word was given uh amen and as, as sister miranda was ministering amen and th- let us not forget amen let's not forget what happened at the well let us not forget the messages that were spoken to you directly let's not forget the words that were spoken to you right there amen and prophetically amen we we got to get a hold of this amen and not just Hear it one one time, and that it's just the moment, and the moment's gone. we got to revisit it, amen. And so grab a hold of it. I, I'm listening to the words that were spoken. I, I'm listening to things over and over. I'm trying to get things that were spoken to me, amen. I'm trying to get clarity on it, amen. I, I want to get God's direction. And I'm not going to say, well, that, was, that sounded cool. No, I want to investigate it. I want to see what that means for me and for us, because God spoke to us as a body. And and spoke and brought some great messages to this house. Amen. As the prophet Rob Sanchez came, he said that that storm is needed. Come on. We got to understand the storm and why it's needed in our lives. Amen. Pastor Alfred Facundo talked about that that we got, we got to be determined. Amen. There has to be a determination for us to cross over. Amen. So there's some good messages that you can go back to. So I encourage you to relive it, man, uh, and prepare your soil. Maybe at that time you weren't ready. Maybe that time you came in hard as I ministered about the soils and the seed that was scattered last week, amen. But, you know, God, let me prepare my soil. Maybe I wasn't prepared enough to receive that word or, or quite understand it, God. Uh, or I, I don't want to just be excited for one moment and it's gone the next. Come on, somebody. Just, it's just like it happens to all of us, amen. We get a word and we're excited. Come on, and but Monday rolls around and we there goes the Monday blues and every the, the problems come in hit us in the, the, uh, the worries of the world come and, and they kind of snatch that word out of us amen so go back amen let your soil be ready to receive amen that you can receive a 30 60 even a hundredfold. come on in our lives come on come somebody say amen, amen. come on somebody say I receive it amen. hallelujah Come on, if you don't want the 100, amen, I'll give you the 30, I'll take the 70, amen, praise the Lord. Amen, I'll take whatever God wants to give me, amen, but God wants to bless you. Do you know that? Come on, he don't want you to suffer, he doesn't want you to go, but through those suffering, he wants you to know to trust in him. But through that, he can still bless you. Somebody say, bless me. Come on, he wants to bless you. But we got to understand during these times that we're going through as a nation in the world, and what's going on in Israel, it should not alarm us, it should excite us. Jesus is coming back. Come on, somebody. And we got to be ready. And for some of us that are afraid, it's because there's things in our lives that we still need to get rid of. Come on. We don't want to get caught on the short end of the stick, amen. We don't want to get caught left behind. Come on, somebody. So those things should prepare us and say, God, I need to check me. Somebody say me. Got to check where I'm at, amen, and make sure that all is well. So when that trumpet blows, I'm going, hallelujah. And so we we got to get things some right, amen. And so God is speaking to us because he loves us, but he wants to bless you. But through that time, he wants to bring peace upon you. Somebody say peace. I speak peace. That, that word was so good with Pastor Joe with, with when he started with just peace because so many times we just come in so frustrated and bad reports and doctors and tests and all this stuff that it takes the peace out of us. So as the word is coming forward, amen, we can't hardly receive it because we're hanging on to fear. We're hanging on to to, to, to different things, amen, and peace is not there. But when you have the peace of God in there, even through the midst of the storm, right? Even as as the storm was hitting their boat and the disciples were freaking out, yet Jesus was just sleeping. Come on. How many know that Jesus is in your boat? Come on. And he's just sleeping through your storm. He doesn't matter. If he's there, nothing's going to happen to us. So peace. Let the peace of God. Sometimes, you know, as you walk in my house, amen, we have a little thing that says shalom. And shalom means peace. Amen. I always pray for the peace of God that is always over my house. That it, it, it doesn't matter how the work day was or how it was out there. But when I walk into my house, I can feel peace. Amen. So you gotta, you gotta speak peace over your situation. You gotta speak peace over your home. Come on. Some of our homes need some peace. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. There's so much things going on that we allow to come in. Or your children bring them in. Come on, somebody. But the peace of God can disarm that right away as you speak it. Somebody say peace. Peace. Amen. Woo. Let it come right now. Close your eyes around just for a moment. In the silence, allow him to bring the peace right now. For some of you, you just need to take a deep breath and blow out. That's all you needed to say, you know what? I'm just going to trust God. Amen. Amen. We must obey the instructions, church, given to us and pass it on. Tell your neighbor, pass it on. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't hold on to it. And don't be a tightwad. (laughs) You got to pass it on. You got to pass it on. Come on. As we pass it on, as we obey, we stay. Come on, somebody. We get to stay in his presence. And as we obey, we live. How many want to live in this place? Come on, we we live, amen. I don't think nobody wants to say, I want to die. No, we want to live, amen. Come on, as we obey, we live. Understand, church, that disobedience will always take you away from his presence, and when we're away from his presence, we die. Come on. Sometimes physically, but always spiritually, if we don't repent. Come on, we, we've got to go back to the presence of God, and in his presence, life comes. Worries lift it. Come on, somebody. These things start to dissipate from our lives, and then peace starts to come and settle into our lives. In our crossovers, in our victories, in our healings, in our breakthroughs, amen. When God does something in our lives that makes a difference, God wants us to make it and mark it as a reference point in our lives. Come on, to remind you, amen, and to remind us of what he has done, amen, but also to share it with others, especially, listen, our children. Come on, our children right now need God. They can deny God all they want, but they need God. But we need to tell them who God is and how good God is because some of them think God is bad or mean or, or always trying to break, break up their joy and happiness or good times, whatever it is. Uh, we got to remind them of a God that we serve and a God that came to redeem us. Amen. And save us. Amen. And put us on the, on, on a road of life. Amen. So we got to share that with our children. We gotta reach out to them because come on, uh, they're, they're the next generation. Come on, my grandchildren and my grandchildren's grandchildren, amen. We, we need to reach for them and speak to them and remind them who God is. Can somebody say amen? amen? God cares and God loves your kids. Loves my kids. Come on. Why? Because they are the next generation, but we say I. We must pass it on. Come on. I got these rocks here. and We're going to have a rock fight afterwards. Amen. But no, I'm just playing. Matthew chapter 18, verse 10 says this. Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. Speaking of our children. For I tell you that in heaven there are angels that are always in the presence of my heavenly father. Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 5 says this, About that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little one to him and put the the child among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like these little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this Little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. See, so many times we push our kids away where we should be welcoming them into. And when you do that, you're doing it as you're welcoming Christ. We've got to bring them into our lives. We've got to hear what they need to say because they've got things to say. And then sometimes you may not want to hear the things they say, but they need to say it, and you need to hear it. Come on, somebody, come on. They need to understand. You need to understand because with with the voice, it explains where they're at, it explains their, where, where where they're confused and everything. And then God gives you revelation, and God gives you words to say back to them, and maybe help you to say, "Man, forgive me for not taking the time." Come on, someone. Come on, parents. Parents say, "Amen." Hallelujah. They're all quiet right now. I'm not scolding you. I'm helping you. Can I help you? Somebody say, help me. (laughs) Jeremiah 1 5 says, I knew you before I, I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were ever born, I set you apart and I appointed you as prophet to my nations. Amen. Even before the womb, God is already loving the child. He's already loving and setting them apart. And that's why the enemy pushes on abortion. Throughout history, the enemy has always come after our children from the days of Moses to the days of Jesus to the days even today. God has always put value on our kids and we, say I, come on, say I, we must put value on our kids as well. Because there is a spiritual Battle going on. There's spiritual warfare going on. Amen. This is not a political war. This is a spiritual war. Come on. Spiritual battles are going on and they're coming after your children. No matter how big they are, where they're at, they're coming after them. Come on, somebody say amen. And today I want to minister on build your memorial. Build your memorial. A memorial is something that is built to help us remember. Somebody say, I need some help. (laughs) Come on. The definition of a memorial is this, serving to preserve remembrance or of relating to a memory. This past October 1st, amen, marked six years, six years from that terrible night of shooting here at Roots 91, amen, at that harvest festival, amen, where it took 58 lives and over 500 people were injured. Over six years ago, someone from Chicago made 58 crosses, amen. And they put them where the Las Vegas sign is, amen. We as a church went out there to worship. We as a church went out there to pray for our city during that time, amen. Come on. They put these signs up as a, a memorial, as a remembrance of the victims that were lost in that tragic event that hit our city October 1st, 19, or 2017. These memorials were now put in a permanent place that we can revisit and uh, re-remember what took place on the lives that were lost in our city. People put memorials at places where people have lost their lives uh, through tragedy or accident. They would put pictures and candles and flowers to remember that person or persons. In the book of Deuteronomy, God is asking his people to remember something. So if you go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, it says this. These commands that I give you today are to be on your heart. Somebody say my heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. The Living Bible says it like this. You must teach these commandments to your children. Talk about them when you're at home or out for a walk at bedtime and the first thing in the morning. The Lord wants you, somebody say me, wants you to build your memorial in your home. Something that you'll remember. Something that your kids will remember. To remember the sacrifices that were made for our freedom. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, let's look at the first three words out of the Living Bible. Translation of Deuteronomy 6, 7. It says, you must teach. You must teach. Say, I must teach. Say, I must must teach. He's saying you. Who's he talking to? You, me, us. He's talking to us. You must teach. Amen. It says, you must. He's not talking about the government. I want you to listen up. He's not talking about preschool. He's not talking about grade school or private school. Listen, he's not even talking about the church. He's talking about you. Who is you? You as parents. You must teach. He goes. You must teach your children. He's talking to the parents here. He goes. You have a responsibility. You have a job to do. You have something to in 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 developing and shaping your kids' life. Don't give it over to the government. Don't give it over to Facebook or any kind of programming or whatever on your phone devices. So many today say, "Here, give them the phone," right. and they, all they are is entertained. And you try to take away that phone now. We're, we're, unless you're teaching them some Bible stuff on there, amen. That, that's that's good. But we're using as entertainment and, and, and through the internet, so many things they can touch something and something pop up without you even knowing. And things are panning inside their mind. So you must teach. You this is your responsibility, mom. Your responsibility, dad, amen. You must teach. Don't just hand it over to somebody to do it. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, he's talking to the parents. Your main responsibility is preparing your kids for life. The the responsibilities fall on you. Somebody say me. Nobody else but you. Second, it says must. I must. This means it's not optional. God's not giving us an option. If you want to, go ahead. No, he says you must. You must, it's not optional. Come on, you have to make time for it. You must do these things, church. Do what? Teach. Say, I teach. You have to impart into them. You have to share Bible stories to them, Amen. events, principles, amen. The value of God's word to your children, amen. Because they matter to God, amen. They're our future. Come on. They're our future. Come on, and right now the future don't look too good. <laughs> we we got to train our children. We got to impart them. We got to share the word of God to them. Amen. We can't just let it or let them figure it out. Come on, let light. They'll get it. They'll get it one day. No, come on. They may not make it one day. Come on, we cannot hand it over to life. We cannot hand it over to the world. We cannot hand it over to the neighborhood. We cannot hand it over to, to people that we don't know. You have a responsibility to prepare your children. They will not be all right, church. I'm not saying they won't get saved. But let me tell you, I wish somebody would impart it to me a little bit more than what I got. But it was the prayers, amen. Thank God for a praying mom, hallelujah. And sometimes we're rebellious anyway, amen. We're going to do our thing, amen. But, but let me tell you, we, we the, those impartations that came from my house, from my mom, brought me back. You must teach. Come on, at the Well Conference, our children were taught the story of Joshua and the crossover. Come on, they had their own boulders in there. If you walked in there, Amen. Come on, they were teaching, they were just not hanging out, amen. They were teaching them something, amen. And as I was closing our conference, amen, and I said that we uh, as a church needed to shout or you needed to shout, amen. When I said shout, they were shouting at the same time. I don't think that's coincidence. God's saying we need to value our kids, amen. They're learning the story, amen. And so we need to shout. Our teachers were passing it on, sharing the story of what God done for the children of Israel, Listen, parents, you're teaching your kids whether you realize it or not. Come on. They are watching your every move. They are modeling you. They are following you. The only question is, what are you teaching them? We tell our kids, where did you get that from? Where did you learn that from? Hello, you. (laughs) It's the truth. They watch you. They act like you. And so the thing is, we don't like what we see because we don't like what we're doing. It's church. They're, they're learning from you. They're watching you, church. My dad was a heavy drinker. And when my dad drank he, my dad was a mean drink. I mean, you ever had a happy drink, a happy, happy drunk, amen? They gave money all the time. You like that guy, amen? Woo, he's drunk, amen? He's going to pass out 20s, amen? Hallelujah. But my dad was the opposite of that. My dad did not pass out money. money. My dad was mean, amen? He was a mean drunk. And the one thing that I did not want to become when I grew up, amen, I became. Became that same person. Why? Because I watched him. I modeled him. I followed him. Praise God that my my dad got delivered and got saved. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God for the cross and thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. But my dad turned his life around. He caught it in time before he passed. But aren't we saved in this place? Anyone saved, amen? Wave your hand. Come on, let the devil say, I'm saved, hallelujah. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. So, so if we are saved, amen, shouldn't we te- be teaching our kids the mistakes that we made to help them from having some troubles? Taking some time and sharing with them in that how God forgave us, how God restored us, amen, from our struggles to our victories, teaching our kids God's word because we are saved. Come on, come on, let me, let me share with you, son. Let me share with you, daughter, amen, how God changed my life and how he restored us. I was driving up here with my grandson, amen. I was saying, you know what? You got you gotta thank God, amen, because if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't even be here. Because I wouldn't be here. Your mama wouldn't be here. But through the mistakes that I made, amen, and the the change and the restoration of my marriage, amen, God brought me to Vegas, and so I now have a grandson, amen. And so I'm telling him right now, you need to value God. God controls all things. He can turn what's bad to good. Can somebody say amen? That's the God that we serve. So I got to teach them some of the mistakes. Don't do this mistake. Don't do that. Listen to God. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. Come on, we 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 got to show them. Let me let me let me share with you that you don't make the same mistakes. Can I help you? They're gonna make mistakes, church. Come on, but can let me help them some that maybe they'll they'll think about when they're in that middle of that mistake. We're saved. We're supposed to share share it to our kids. Come on, we're so busy to win the world, but we're losing our kids. Salvation starts in your house. That's what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we are going to serve. He says, choose this day who you're going to serve. But my household, my family, my kids, they're going to know about Jesus. Yeah, we got to win the world, but you got if you can't, if, if you go out there win the world and you lose your family, what is that? we got to focus on what matters, what's close to us. Then we can win the world. Now you can take them with you to go win the world. Hallelujah. Right. Train them up. Somebody say, train them up. Them up. Come on, we we got to give them. we got to teach them, amen. What are you showing your kids, man of God? What are you showing your kids, woman of God, in this house? See, God wants us to build memories, build family memories. God tells the Israelites, Right here in Deuteronomy, I want you to help your kids to remember the commandments I am giving you today. This is not just for adults only. This is for your children as well. Teach them. I've taught you. I've given you commandments. Now teach them to your kids. In Deuteronomy 6, God tells us here today, as he's telling the Israelites there in Deuteronomy, I want you to build a living faith In your kid's life. Not just tell him, kids, it's it's Sunday. We gotta go to church. Church. Hallelujah. We gotta go church. We don't even tell the kids why we're going. Get dressed. Why we gotta go? It's church. We gotta go. Hello? (laughs) Come on, it's just things that we do. We gotta go to church. Why we gotta go to church? No, yes, we gotta go. Come on. Share with me. They'll teach you in class. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And then there's no class. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll get taught here then. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you need to teach them. I must teach. Say that with me. I must teach. You got to take ownership in this. Can't trust. You can't just let them go and think that someone's going to teach them the right thing. You must teach. That way, when someone, something's saying, something's being said to them that's opposite what they believe, they say, no, no, that's not what my dad said. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Come on, teach them some words. Get thee behind me, Satan. Shattara. Teach them the tongue, amen. Come on. Teach them how to talk in tongues like Chatarabah. Whoa, whoa. Tell your teach, teach your kids to lay hands, amen, and cast out demons. Hallelujah. They mimic. Let them see. Let them mimic. There's one of the, one of the kids here, Amen. And uh, and somebody they, they got a call and goes, Yeah, one, one of my kids just started praying and go, and goes, Where'd you learn that? Pastor Art does it. <laughs> I said, Praise God, that made me happy, Amen. <laughs> Shando, Hallelujah. Come on. God says to impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, amen. Talk about them when you take a walk, amen. As you lay down, as they get up, teach them the word of God, amen. Don't make it just a Sunday thing. Make it make your faith a real thing. Come on, make your faith a real thing, amen. Incorporate it in your life, amen, in your home, and everything that you do. We need to carry faith. Somebody say faith. Everywhere we go. Come on, you're not just a Christian right now because you're sitting in this church, amen. Come on, you got to be a Christian on your job when you're sitting behind that desk, amen, or whatever you do for a living, amen, or you're at the, the supermarket, you're still a Christian, amen. If someone cuts you off, amen, and gets that parking lot before you, you don't come out after them and say, hey, what the, you know, you handle flowers, they go, praise the Lord, hallelujah, God bless you. You beat me to the punch, amen. Come on, you got to turn it around and say, here, I want to invite you to church because you need Eat it <laughs> next time you'll let me have it. <laughs> amen. amen. Come on. Faith is something that we got to carry with us. It should be what we are. We should model amen. That, that should be our ego, is our faith. Come on, put on faith. Somebody say put on faith. Come on, you gotta put it on, church. You gotta you gotta know who you are, Amen. You gotta be who you are. The world should see faith on you. Take it with you, church. Take faith wherever you go. God told the the Israelites, take these commandments wherever you go. God meant that we should should make their faith so obvious that others can see it. Should be your brand name. Right? We We got crossover. Stand up, Josh. Crossover there, amen. Come on, come on, that that should be our faith, amen. Uh, come on, it's not just somebody, uh, cool. He should be in a crossover mode all the time, amen. Uh, this is what I do, uh, I cross over. What's crossover me? Well, let me tell you the story of the Israelites. Let me tell you about the the parting of the Jordan. Let me share what God did for God's people, amen. Uh, you start to share your faith, amen. Uh, that's what it is, should be branded, amen. Uh, when we talk about faith, it should be displayed as a brand you carry. Come on, God's up to something. Come on. Jose and Angela, amen. Come on. What's that about? Well, let me tell you what. God's up to something. Come on, they're always preaching God's up to something. God is always up to something. Can somebody say amen? amen? So you got you got to speak that, but sometimes we don't need to have a shirt on us. It should be already on you. That you know what? You got something different that I want. You got something, man, that I need. Amen. How, how how can you be so confident? How can you do this? How can you be remain cool through all that? Well, let me tell you what I got. Come on, somebody. Come on you should walk around Christian believer, faith walker. Amen. That faith, amen, should be part of our lives, amen, not just a Sunday thing, but an everyday thing. Come on, church. People should walk into your house and they should feel faith. They should feel love. They should feel come on, peace in your house. Come on. When they come in my house, man, they they they, they should feel comfortable, amen. If there's something wrong, amen, then tell me about it. What you bring in? What did my kids bring in? Hallelujah. Woman, did you bring something today? (laughs) Husband, what'd you do? Come on, there's always a peace in my house. Amen. I claim that every single morning. Amen. So what do they do? Uh, Come on, if I came into your house, what would I sense? Would I even sense welcome? Or it's pastor. Shh. I don't want him come to my house. Come on what would I sense in your house? Would I feel peace in the house would I feel or would I feel tension? See these are things that we got to work in our homes church. See here we got we got the peace of God it's like, Ooh, yeah, it's cool right here And then we got to go back home oh no, can I just stay here? <laughs> I got wives coming to me can I just stay here? Can I make a bed here? <laughs> no you got to go home. Make it peaceful at your house. Come on, somebody. They need to feel the peace. They need to feel this love. They need to feel this joy inside your house. Your kids need to see your faith in front of them. They need to see you live your faith. They need to see you handle situations not how you did in the world, but how you do now in faith. Do they see Jesus in you? Or someone else. Faith is an everyday 24 thing. Everyday 24-7 thing. Somebody say everyday 24-7 thing. (laughs) It's all the time. We never take faith off. Once we remove faith, things happen. Once we remove faith, doubt comes in. Once we remove faith, we're not trusting in God no more. We're trusting in the situation where our, 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 our tension is to that circumstance that we're facing. Once we take out faith, amen, we start to die. You got to keep faith on. Come on, we may lose it for a moment, but you got to gather yourself and cry out to Jesus. Come on, you got to gather and say, Jesus, save me. Help me with my faith, amen. God, I'm going through a storm. It's battling in my mind, amen. God, I need you right now. I need you to show up big right now. You can call out on your God anytime, church, and he'll always show up because faith comes with it. Your faith is attracted to God. When you have faith, he's attracted to you. Do you know that? And so when when you call out, amen, he's just going to come to you like a magnet. What do you want? I'm right here, son. I'm right here, daughter. I never left you. I never forsaken you, amen. I'll I'll never abandon you. I'm right here. You got to call daddy. Come on, call on daddy. Call on papa. Wherever you want to call him, call him. Call him up and say, I need you right now. And faith will always pull them in if you're walking in faith. Otherwise, we're just playing church. All you're doing is just trying to get a point from me. I showed up. You won't bother me all week now. (laughs) I won't get the call or the text. Where were you? Come on, somebody. Well, we can't just be good at church. Come on, I see some of you guys put on your hallelujah mask in your cars. Okay, we're ready. Got them. All the kids got their hallelujah mask. Let's go. It's just a smiley face all the time. How's it going? Great. <laughs> Come on. Some of us fake. We force a smile, guys. Come on. Because there's some things and we don't want to show the church and we don't want to tell the kids. Hey, ready? Go. How's it going, guys? Good to see you. Hi, pastor. Amen. <laughs> What kind of memorial are you building for them? John 14, 6 says this. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Your kids need to know that. There is no other way to heaven but through Jesus. Can't earn your way. Can't buy your way. Can't do anything but through Jesus. They need to know that, church. It's not by being a good person. Hello. It's about Jesus. Relationship with Christ. Amen. If we move forward to the chapter that we are in the crossover in chapter 4 of Joshua. To the crossing of the Jordan River. A new generation is crossing into the promised land. A new generation that was taught. Listen, taught by the older generation to obey God's law. So they went back. Listen, church, there was a season that they were complaining. There was a season that they were murmuring. There was a season that they didn't want to trust God. There was a season they were talking back to their pastor. There was a season, why did you bring us out here to die? We're better off back in Egypt, amen. There was a season where they were rebelling, sinning, and all that, amen. Now a generation that went back to, I must teach. I must teach. Come on, they're not going in, but they start teaching their their younger generation, their children, amen, so that they can go in. They went back teaching the laws of God to their children. And now a new generation has rose up in this part of the Bible, amen, where we're at, amen. And it's their children now that are obeying God. It's their children now that are getting ready to cross over. Why? Because they obey God's word. Because they got taught. They went back. Their parents didn't get in, but they're getting in. Come on, somebody. They often reminded their children before that day that that faith and obedience always brings victory over their lives. While unbelief and disobedience will keep you out of the promised land. They started teaching their kids, amen. They were teaching their kids and learning from their mistakes and saying, you know what? Despite of how we were and what has happened to us, I'm here to let you know that God is good. You need to trust in God. Don't doubt, amen. Don't be like us. We're not getting in, but you're getting in. Come on, that doesn't mean they're not saved, amen. They repented, but they're not going in. And so, So they started going back. I must teach. I'm teaching my kids. I'm going to teach them the mistakes that I made. that They don't have to live through those mistakes. I'm going to teach them that drugs are no good. Alcohol is no good. Doing this is no good. You got to teach those things. Amen. Yeah. Let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you what it's done for me. What it did to me. I almost caused divorce. It almost ruined my marriage. Come on. Don't do it. Plus, there's so many weird stuff out there now. There are people that are dying now. You've got to teach them, church. John chapter 4, as you look at the story here, starting at verse 1. 1, one to 3, Joshua 4, it says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe, and tell them to take 12 stones from the very place where the priest is standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at a place where you'll camp for the night. These stones here, I traveled to the Jordan and I brought them back. They're they standing there before you. Amen. This is what's happening. You know what's happening here, guys? The priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, here they are, they're standing in the middle of the Jordan River while all the people, all of Israel is crossing over. Somebody say cross over. And as long as the priests were in the middle of the Jordan, the, the, the water will continue to build up as a wall, amen. And the ground that they walk down will continue to remain dry. As long as the priests were standing in that middle Jordan, come on, all the people would pass through, amen. Then after the crossing, amen, after all the people crossed over the Jordan, what would be next? What would you do if that was you and you got crossed over and you're, you're, you're on the promised land now? I, I think if I was there, I think, man, come on, I want some milk and honey, hallelujah, right? Come on, God, I, I, let's go conquer this land, amen. Let's go do this, amen. But God says, Not yet. You're excited, right? Let's do this. But God directs him to build a memorial. From 12 stones drawn from the Jordan by 12 men, one from each tribe. And you would think, man, what's so important about that? Why, why, why can't we just go into the land? Why can't we just do what we've been waiting for all this time? We've been waiting over. Our parents have been waiting for over 40 years. We've been waiting. We are crossed over, amen. Our parents didn't get in. They all they all died, amen. Let's do this. Well, look what it says in Joshua 4, 4-7 as we read the story. So Joshua called together the 12 men that he had chosen, one from each tribe of Israel. And he told him, Go to the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up a stone and carry it on your shoulder. These ain't small stones. They're not these. I can pick this up with one hand, amen. They said, put them on your shoulder. So you're talking boulders. They're carrying 12 boulders. These 12 men are going where the, where the priests are. The Ark of the Covenant is, Amen. They say, Pick 12 stones, put it on your shoulder and bring it. 12 stones in all, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, remind, and they will remind us that the Jordan stopped flowing when the Ark of the Covenant went across, and these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Those stones are still there today, church. God's covenant is there with Israel. Those are God's people, and God's hand of protection will be upon them. This is a reminder that God would never leave them nor forsake them. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Listen, God didn't want them to go into the land unprepared. God wanted their focus, listen, after the crossing, or after that crossover, to be on him. Okay, guys, I know you're excited, but look at me. Remember, it was me who guided you. Don't forget. Tell somebody, don't forget. Come on, we can't forget, church. Come on, Sister Miranda says, you know what? Least you not forget. Come on, it's same right here, don't forget. This is what he was teaching them. Yeah, I made a miracle. Yeah, I did something good for you, but don't forget, amen. Take time to remember what I just did right here, amen. Don't go on and start your stuff. Don't go on even in ministry, amen. Don't forget what I've done. It's me. I got to you. I'm the one that delivered you. I'm the one that set you free. I'm the one that healed you. I'm the one that put life back inside of you. I'm the one that put your marriage back together. Don't forget, I was me guiding you. Don't take any credit and don't forget. We got to get some priorities right before you take the land. Before you conquer it because it's already yours. Let's take time out. And remember what I've done for you. So he tells them, build a memorial. Take time out from the busyness of of what we need to do in the kingdom even. And set aside quiet times and quiet moments. Times to build your memorial to God's power. Listen, too much activity may shift your focus away from God. Even your busyness for God. Come on, we, we can do, be doing God things. And we're not having God moments. We're not spending time with the master. We're, not, we're just busy saying, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do that. I, and you're not spending time with God. This is all you. God, thank you for bringing me where I'm at right here. God, I want to take this time for thanking you for my salvation, thanking you for all these things. Build your memorial. See, this memorial here was not just a memory for themselves. Not just a memory for the new generation, but for their children and their children's children. He was telling the current generation, I want you to reach out to the next generation by building this memorial. See, God is always reaching for the next generation. God is always reaching out for those that are back there. Those See, the young guys, look at them. God's after you. Amen. Let them know that God values them. Do they make mistakes? Yeah. Dumb mistakes? Yeah. (laughs) We did. They're going to make some mistakes, but God's still after them. They're not disqualified. God qualifies them. They're my children. They're the next generation. They're the next preachers. Come on, they're the next prophets. They're the next evangelists. They're the next worship leaders. They are the next to lead the people to the promised land, church. God wants us to reach the next generation by sharing his commandments, by sharing his teachings, telling them what God or what Christ has done for your life. Don't ever forget to share those stories. To your grandchildren. Share those stories to your kids. What God did for you. Even shameful things. Man, I, I did some bad things, but God put our life back together. God put my life back together. Even through my mess. He can do that for me. Yeah. Let them know when they're down and out, amen, that the word of God clings in their ear or or rings in their ear. That, man, all I got to do is call on Jesus. All I got to do is repent. That's what my dad taught me. That's what my mom taught me. God, forgive me. God, can you save me? And God will reach out and save our children because of the words that you taught them. That day, that very moment, God made Joshua a great leader. As you read the chapter 4 of Joshua, Joshua himself piles 12 stones himself in the middle of the Jordan. As they're carrying it out and and piling up on, on that side of the Jordan, Joshua's going right in the middle and piling up 12 stones in front of the priests in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. As a memorial in the Jordan. When all the people have crossed over, when the priest and the ark of the Lord reached the other side on high ground, the water of the Jordan returned, overflowed its banks as it was before. I mean, wow. Just imagine seeing that. Here they go. They're carrying it. And once they take their final step up on that higher ground, amen. Whoosh, and they're all watching. and They're all, Wow. Dry ground gone. Wall gone. God protected all the people and made sure that no one got touched by that water. Wouldn't that blow your mind? I mean, that, I mean, the Red Sea was something, amen, but man, that had to be something to see too. All the water goes down to the Dead Sea. Dry ground. Wall's just standing there. People are just walking by to the priest sound effects, <sighs> whatever you want. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for the sound effects. <laughs> you felt the water? Oh yeah. In Jordan, uh, Joshua chapter 4, four, 14, it says that day, the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all Israel. And for the rest of his life, they reverence him as much as they reverence Moses. That day he led his church powerfully. Come on. He was a great, great leader. And Joshua's reputation for handling responsibilities God's way brought him, brought him great glory for himself. Listen, church. Doing it right is more important than doing it well. We've got to do it right. Right. And Joshua, as we read the end of the story here, verses 21 to 24, it says this. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river before their eyes and kept it dry until they were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when they dried it up when he dried it up until they all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations, somebody say all nations, all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful so that they may fear the Lord, your God, forever. He told them stories, not only what happened there, but what also took place at the Red Sea, that God is all-powerful. God, my God, our God is bad. I mean, he's, man, he's, he's, oh man, Iron Man has nothing on this guy. My, my God, my God can whoop anyone. He's he's undefeated still. Iron Man died. <laughs> my God never dies. Come on, you, you got to, they're sharing the story and say, come on. He says, you know why? For they can have fear in the Lord, amen. The memorials, the mores of these twelve stones, was to be a, a constant reminder. Amen. That the day that the Israelites crossed the Jordan River on dry ground, that their children will see the stones, that the children will hear the stories, amen, and the children will know or learn about their God. These were why the stones were taken out, amen. It's to build a memorial. What are you building in your home today? See, as I close today, building remor- memorials will remind us of God's wonder-working power, church. Do you remember what he's done in your life? Come on. You got to take time to get your stone. Let me tell you, I have, I have many stones. And I always remember when God saved me. When I was down and out and was an alcoholic, amen. My life was falling apart, amen. And my marriage was going to, uh, to divorce court, amen. It was, it was it. And, and God says, I'm going to put it back together, amen. And that's what he did. And so I, I build a memorial and I never forget what he's done in my life. I build that memorial, then all of a sudden he delivers me from alcohol and drugs. On the moment I build a memorial and I still look back and there are memorials that are inside my mind, amen. And at the time when I was in the hospital, amen, not only once or twice I I had a heart condition, amen. I could have died, amen. I could have died in my sleep, amen, and had a massive heart attack, but yet God spared my life, amen. And he got me out again, amen. And he goes, right, there's another memorial that, that he's done in my life, amen. I say, God, God, you're so good. And he says, I want you to remember that it was not just you that pulled you out. Never forget how what I did for you. And over two years ago, another memorial comes out. I end up in the hospital with COVID. And I'm laying there. My lungs are collapsing. or uh, shutting down. My oxygen level is going low. And God says, I'm going to take you out again, son. Build another memorial. Amen. You don't take no credit. Amen. I healed your lungs. I set you free. I'm the one that did it. Don't forget. And so each day, these memorials, I get up. I say, thank you, God, for my salvation. Thank you, God, for my healing. Thank you, God, for my deliverance. Uh, these are memorials that we build every day. And I got to tell my children what God did for me. Amen. Amen? Come on, each time God answers a prayer, each time God heals you, it's a memorial. Josh, get a rock. Come on. He sets you free. Come on, are you doing drugs anymore? Come on, it's a memorial. Set it as a pile right there. Come on, it's a memorial of deliverance. Pastor Vic, grab a rock. I'll help you. <laughs> He's stronger than me. Amen. Come on, it's a memorial that God set him free. Uh, Come on, out in the streets, amen. Uh, Homeless, amen. Alcoholic. He says, I'm gonna build a memorial on your life. Don't forget what I've done for you. (laughs) Memorial. Ray, come get a rock. A memorial breaking. Come on. uh, Come on. The gang life. Uh, 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 The gang. Come on. Breaking off from prison. God set them free from prison. Amen. He built a memorial. Don't forget that. Set you free. Come on, Nate. Come on. Grab a rock. Grab a rock. Come on, he broke, come on. Come on, he broke nicotine on him and everything else. This is God. I serve as a memorial. Stack it up. I want you to reflect and look back what I've done for you. Come on. Got to remember what God's done, church. Rocky, get a rock. He brought you back. Back come on he brought you back he says come on come home son I'm going to show you what I did in the past but it's going to be greater now he says build a memorial stack it up come on come on Gerardo get a rock Xavier get a rock come on get those two rocks come on come here brother get a rock just get a rock Come on, those are memorials right there. God, what he's got is in his life. Amen. He says, don't forget what I've done for you. Don't forget what I can do for you. Stack it up. Pile it up. Amen. This is a memorial. This is the God that I am. Come on. I just don't do it once. I don't just do it twice. I keep on doing it till you get it right. Amen. I come to set you free. I come to set you free. I come to heal you. Don't ever forget as you get sick again. Come on. I'm the God that heals. I'm the God that delivers. I'm the God that can put your marriage together. I don't care how your husband is. I don't care how your wife is. Trust me, I'll change him. I'll change her. Stack them. Stack them. They were there. And so as, as time goes by, those stones remained. And they're there today. And kids, what are these stones, Dad? What are these... What are these stones? My, what, what, why, why are these why is it? Let me tell you what he's done. Let me tell you that my my marriage was ended. I was it. I was done. I was gonna lose you. I was gonna lose my kids. I was gonna lose my life. And then and God says, this stone right here, He put it back together. A promise that He made to me that i would never forget. So it's a memorial in my in my mind, and and that's what you see there, son. Let me let me tell you what happened right here. And you start to share the stories. Let me let me show, let me show you what here. This was at a conference here where God put the call of God in my life, and I said yes to God. That's why I went out. This is a memorial. It's not me that does it. It's it's all God. There's memorials that He builds. He has you to look back, and and when your kids ask, don't don't worry about it. When you grow up, no, no, tell them now. Tell them now. They need to hear the stories now. Why? For their faith can be built up now. Come on. Tell them how God forgave you. Tell them how God saved you. Come on how he answered those prayers. Come on. Pastor Larry and Janet, they got out of Israel. That was a miracle. Why? No, that's not a miracle. That was answered prayers of a miracle. God did that. God used the proper people to hold them out. God gets all the glory. But prayer moved the hand of God to get them out. There's the Man... Let me tell you this stone of prayer right here. Let me tell you the stone man when we didn't have nothing, we can make nothing. We were gonna we were gonna evicted, kicked out, and man, God supplied the very needs that time. Come on, all of us, everyone here, you can look over there. Do you see your stone? Do you see the stone, what God did for your life laying there? He says, build a memorial. Don't forget what I've done for you, son. Don't forget what I've done for you, daughter. You have not done nothing. It's all me. Draw to me, for remember me, and I will continue to guide you into the promised land. This interruption, these stones that the Lord did that day as they were excited to go into the, to the land of Canaan, to go into the promised land of milk and honey, to go in and win the victory, amen, and shout the shout that they were going to do as that wall comes down, amen. Before they did all that, he goes, don't forget me. Don't forget what I've done for you. See, we go on in life, amen, and we forget what he's done for us. We forget the memorials. I don't. I thank God for these each of these memorials. I wake up thanking God when He saved me out of those sick beds twice. In the sick bed of sin, which is really three, He saved me from sin. From my, my way to hell. I don't I don't forget that. God, I I I, I my memorials, I may not have rocks. In my living room. I may not have rocks in my front yard. Amen. I may not have them now. I think so. I think I'm going to build some rocks back there. Amen. But but, but, but I have them in my mind. They're, they're, they're memories in my mind. They're memorials in my mind. What God has done. And I never forget that. I never take credit for anything that's going on in my life with God. I give God all the credit. And I say, God, thank you. I want you to look back. Not to remind yourself, but now to tell your kids who God is and how powerful He is and how mighty He is and share the stories of the Red Sea. Share the stories of, of David, amen, and His mighty men. Share the stories of Deborah. Share the stories of the women and the men of God in the, in the book, of, in, the, in the Bible, amen. Share those stories to them. And then the most important story of the cross and what Jesus did for them. And how he conquered hell, death, and the grave. And because he conquered death, we can conquer death now. Come on, life is inside of us. It doesn't matter if we die, we live. Hallelujah. Teach them that they don't have to fear in death. Amen. Because we're just going into the promised land now. Let's all stand up.